0: Checkers, known for being a game, famous for being a simple game. Nobody thinks much about it, so let's have some fun. Let's find out why Checkers is secretly incredibly fascinating. Welcome to a whole new podcast episode, a podcast all about why being alive is more interesting than people think it is. My name is Alex Schmidt, and I'm not alone. Bridget Greenberg and Christian Ramirez are my guests. They are two excellent podcasters and comedy makers and more. They mostly do that with the Small Beans Network. You've heard about that often if you listen to this podcast. Bridget co-hosts two podcasts for Small Beans, one is called Rough Stuff, about the embarrassing magic of childhood, the other is called Cast and the Curious, about the amazing magic of Dom Toretto and the Fast Movies. Christian made the show Pop Culture Petri Dish there, and he guests and streams all over the place now. Also, as you will hear, the three of us worked together at the former workplace, Crack.com. so it was nice to get back together with both these great people for a whole nother thing. Also, I've gathered all of our zip codes and used internet resources like native-land.ca to acknowledge that I recorded this on the traditional land of the Catawba, Eno, and Shikori peoples. Acknowledge Bridget recorded this on the traditional land of the Gabrielino-Ortongva and Keech and Chumash peoples. Acknowledge Christian also recorded this on the traditional land of the Gabrielino-Ortongva and Keech peoples. And acknowledge that in all of our locations, native people are very much still here. That feels worth doing on each episode. And today's episode is about checkers, also known as drafts, if you are British, and if I'm understanding the internet resources correctly. Either way, it's that board game with flat pieces that move diagonally and they can jump over each other and then they turn into kings at the end of the board. It's checkers. It's it's that board game. Checkers is quietly complicated and surprising and varied, and it is the source of one of my all-time favorite stories in the entire run of this podcast. So, let's get into it. Please sit back, or pick one of my hands, red or black, red or black, red or black. That's, up. that's the color you got. That's the pieces you are. Either way, here's this episode of Secretly Incredibly Fascinating with Bridget Greenberg and Christian Ramirez. I'll be back after we wrap up talk to you then christian Bridget. it's so good to see the two of you as i was just saying but now i'm saying it in the real show yeah uh how how are things how you doing no counts (laughs) you
1: know do it all right i'm good it's
2: good to see you too alex
1: it's good to see both of you it was weird. It re- this is actually the first uh, cracked response that I did was with the two of you, and it was about Frank Ocean. Ah, so it's kind no of way. yeah. It was, wow, yeah. <laughs> the one when we talked about Frank Ocean building the staircase.
0: That was when like Blonde came out. Yeah.
2: <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, what I stand by everything I say. I still yep. listen to Blonde all the time. Great album. <laughs> yeah. I assume I had positive oh, yeah. things to say about it.
1: Yeah, things yeah. have changed, but Frank Ocean being great is not one of those things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, and, and today we're talking about another beloved institution, the game of checkers. And I always start by asking guests their relationship to the topic or opinion of it. Either of you can start, but how do you feel about checkers?
2: Checkers, I mean, positively. I like checkers. I didn't know how to play chess till uh, early days of the quarantine, so uh, oh. I didn't bother learning until then. So checkers was the the chess for people who were uh, who never bothered to learn. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it's a lot more straightforward than chess.
2: It's the easy. It was a children's game of chess. Yeah.
1: And <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, for me, I don't know. It's I. Mean, it's kind of the same played it when i was a kid i haven't don't think i've played checkers in such a long time in years probably but uh yeah once i mean yeah i learned to play chess when i was in like third or fourth grade my dad taught me so it was like once you learn that that's the kind of thing that i ended up playing against like my family and yeah. that kind of stuff right. so yeah checkers is kind of got left in elementary school
0: yeah, did did either of you have like, I think our first set was a super cheap, just kind of plastic, like eight by eight board, and then the chess pieces and then the checkers pieces all in one box. Yeah. And then yep. they're like fused together in my head because it's like yeah. yes. just the two games that come together. <laughs> <laughs> yep, a classic.
2: Yeah, I don't know why no one taught me chess. But I remember my brother setting up a chess game and I just immediately started playing checkers with it because so I was like, I can't do this. This is too much uh, for me to handle.
1: Uh. An innovator, really.
2: So they were all the same to me for yeah. a while. Yeah. <laughs> chess was just elaborate checkers. And I was like, "No, nah, I'm going to stick with the basics here.
1: Yeah, classic, <laughs> of course. You can't go wrong.
2: Yeah.
0: I love that you were like, nice try with the pointy checkers. But I know this game, too. I could do this
2: one. I get it.
1: What is this, horse? A little tower? I don't know. They move the same.
0: (laughs) And I think I had had Christian's experience where, like, one time my dad showed me how each of the pieces worked. And then I, I feel like there's levels of learning chess where it's like, you don't know it at all yeah you know how the pieces work and then there's that level where people actually start seeing moves ahead and stuff and i'm still yeah. i think i'm still not really there yeah but uh but <laughs> I, I like learned chess in the sense that i knew the pieces and then same with checkers right. i just knew how to do it and I, i'm probably not very good yeah yeah
2: i'm now okay at chess i've been playing a lot online
0: oh okay that's good
2: <laughs> quarantine has uh as, as got me there. I used to like run away when people asked to play chess with me. I'll be like, yeah, I'll be right back. And then just like never showed up because I didn't want to. I was embarrassed by not knowing how to play.
1: I feel like the Queen's Gambit's probably doing a lot of that to people, especially with quarantine. Hmm. A lot of people picking up chess right now. Yeah. But that's not what this podcast is about. We're talking no. about checkers.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. And we're talking about. The the Queen's Checkers, my idea for a show <laughs> that everyone's going to love. They're going to be way...
2: Queen's Gambit came out, and you're like, oh, no!
1: <laughs> my spec script about checkers, no! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh.
0: But and uh, let's get into things uh, that are interesting about it. And on every episode, our first fascinating thing about the topic is a quick set of fascinating numbers and statistics, and that is in a segment called... Stats don't want to wait for the show to be over. I want to know numbers right now. Oh, please. (laughs) Very good.
2: I was looking forward to that, and it did not disappoint. Uh, (laughs) thank you.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And that name was submitted by Damon McGuire. We have a new name every week. Make them silly and wacky. Submit to SifPod on Twitter or to SifPod at gmail.com. Thank you, Damon. That was fun. Yeah
2: yeah that was great
0: yeah
1: from the classic Dawson's stats
2: <laughs> yeah
0: Dawson's stats
1: oh god that's yeah, the follow up when they're in college and then Dawson becomes a statistics major
2: yeah and they start taking statistics yeah yeah he gives up writing he's into yeah. stats
1: now <laughs> there's worse reboot ideas coming out now so that sounds great to me yes <laughs>
0: Well, we got, uh, we got numbers and stats here. The first number is two, because uh, I did not know this, but maybe British listeners did. Two is the number of main names for the game Checkers in English. Uh, one of them is Checkers. And then in British English, this game is called Drafts, and uh. that's spelled D-R-A-U-G-H-T-S.
1: Of course yeah. it is.
0: Which I Americanly read as draughts, but yeah. it's pronounced drafts.
1: Yeah, I'm just surprised it wasn't something like Bobbies and Dodgers.
2: No, when you said it was a British name, I I was hoping... Like, a lot of British nicknames for stuff are, like, really cutesy. Mm-hmm. And I was hoping it would be, like, Redsy Blacksies. Yeah. <laughs> or something cuter than that. Yeah. But, uh... yeah, they can come up
1: with the bangers and mash. Drafts is the best they got? Come on. Right. <laughs> yeah.
2: I Is there a reason why it's called that? Or it's just one of those unknown... weird Britishisms.
0: Yeah, I actually didn't find one, if people know it right in. Yeah, I think it's just one of those British nouns that's completely different than ours for no apparent reason.
2: Yeah. Weirdos.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they're a bad country is the point. Uh, That's what we're trying to get at. Uh, (laughs) Yeah.
2: That's what we've come here to say mm-hmm. on this podcast about checkers. Yep. That's the main takeaway.
1: <laughs> We're still bitter about the about the whole revolution and taxation and everything.
2: Uh-huh.
1: America's <laughs> oldest enemy, War of eighteen twelve.
0: Don't get me started. USA, USA. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, and uh, uh, next number here is twelve. Because that's the number of pieces each player gets in checkers or, or English drafts, if you want to call it that. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, it's also an eight by eight board, just like chess, uh, and you only use half the squares. But each have twelve pieces. Okay, that that and checks that's for, out. To yeah, me. Like, which that you know yeah
1: standard <laughs> checkers. I'm gonna <laughs> guess that you're gonna get into like Chinese checkers and stuff like that, but that's the standard, the one that we all grew up with.
2: Yeah, I. I remember that game, like Chinese checkers, it it, came, I, it popped in my head the other day, like before you even told mm. us what the topic was, it popped in oh. my head and I was, for no reason at all, and I was like, how did I play that game? Oh, wow. <laughs> I could not remember. I spent like 30 minutes trying to remember how to play Chinese checkers before I gave up and uh, did not Google it.
0: <laughs> you mean, Bridget, you mean how did you play, like what are the rules? Not like how did you come across? Yeah, this what game? are the? I, I, yeah.
2: I, I, yeah, because I remember having a board and playing a lot because I like the little balls. Yeah, those were fun mm-hmm. and it was more colorful. Mm-hmm. But I, yeah, I spent like thirty minutes racking my brain trying to remember how to play Chinese checkers and I could not.
0: Yeah, and we will we will talk about its origin. I'm also, I know we didn't own it, but I'm pretty sure I like knew kids who owned it. And a lot of times you do something at somebody else's house and you're like, man, I wish I had Goldeneye for N64 or whatever it is. Right. I hadn't I had no urge to get Chinese checkers at all. I was like, <laughs> this is fine. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, not for me.
2: <laughs> Didn't need to escalate checkers into a four-player game.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's that one you can do up to six, right? That's like crazy. Even oh yeah. Even more than Xbox or PS4. <laughs>
0: You know, we, we've we talked about it a bit. Let's talk about Chinese checkers specifically, because there is okay. a game. I sent you guys a picture. It's called Halma. Right. The name Halma is a, the Greek word for jump, but Halma is an American board game that was invented in 1883 by a man named George Howard Monks, and it's a square board, but it's basically... Chinese checkers piece is Chinese checkers rules. That's how mm-hmm. the game works. Right. Okay. It's just like a piece can move one square or it can jump a piece. Nothing gets taken off the board and you're just trying to get all your guys across. That's It's the same rules, yeah. He invents this in 1883. He's an American. And then in 1892, a German company called Ravensburger, which I know is like a puzzle company. Mm. Yeah. The Ravensburger people put out a game called Sternhalma, mm. And then Stern is the German word for start. So the game the name just means like star jumping. Oh, okay. And they do, oh, this is a six-player game, six-pointed star. And then in 1928, an American board game company starts marketing Sternhalma in the US as hop ching checkers. And then other companies okay. just start calling it Chinese checkers. It's as racist oh. as you think it is. Yep,
1: yeah, that makes sense. Chinese yeah.
0: checkers is it's it's all American and German people, I think, making it. It has nothing yeah. to do with the whole country of China at all. Mm. Yeah.
2: What, uh, what? Uh, I'm afraid to ask why they started calling it Chinese checkers.
0: It seems like it's just they thought there was a marketing angle. Yeah, and then they could mm-hmm. like get people to. It's like uh, it's it's all the bad reasons. Yeah. It's, there's right. nothing good about it. Yeah, yeah, it's the <laughs> weird
1: <laughs> orientalism kind of stuff that we're going through. Yeah, all right. That
2: kind of, Made it seem yeah. more interesting.
1: It's exotic, I guess, because there's six instead of two
2: right and it's just like a checkers free-for-all from what i would yeah. guess looking at this yeah. yeah i can play now i remember all right i go to the park go back to those pickup games <laughs> chinese checkers
1: <laughs> pickup games of chinese checkers just in the park yeah in the park yeah <laughs> instead of basketball people are waiting on the chinese checkers board yeah
2: <laughs> Lined up. Right.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, just loose people looking for groups of five. Like, oh, where's a group of five? Where's a group of five? Like, <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's go to another number here. The, this, this is the big uh, big number in terms of size. Five times 10 to the 20th power. So that's five with 20 Whoa. zeros after Whoa. it. Uh, that is, and I, I don't totally understand this, but that is what I am told is the amount of possible positions approximately in a game of regular checkers yeah Uh, that's according to computer scientists at the University of Alberta they wrote a paper in the journal Science in 2007 and said that there are roughly 500 billion billion possible positions in a game of checkers
1: yeah how many there seems like there's a lot of like people that are math scientists that are just doing stuff with solitaire and like checkers and I'm gonna (laughs) find out something some other weird game is gonna have billions and trillions of possibilities to solving it like what is that why you get a math degree like because i feel like (laughs) what what else are they using it for i guess probably economics yeah
2: economics getting rockets to space and checkers (laughs) (laughs) that's the big three yeah if you're not interested in other any three of those, you can be like me and just uh, stop doing math after high school.
1: <laughs> exactly.
2: Maybe it's just because I, I would play against my older brother a lot, and uh, he would beat me. I would like I kind of felt like checkers was uh, almost a rigged setup in that like there were always so like I, I felt like right. every game I played ended in the same couple ways, and maybe that's me being bad at it as a seven year old. It, it seemed very. Finite to me, yeah. The game,
0: I yeah, uh, I was
2: wrong and I was just bad. Turns out I was bad at checkers.
1: (laughs) You weren't developing checkers strategies at seven years old.
2: No, it's uh, I saw that and I was like, no, what I'm not. If this is where I'm at at checkers, I'm not ready for chess, and then didn't (laughs) learn it for another, you know, that's fair, and then waited almost 15 years to learn (laughs) more than that, Uh, however old I am.
0: I do get that with like any and I feel like two player games are afflicted with this a lot like both checkers and chess are just games where no matter how much you like the other person you're just trying to destroy them completely at all times right like it's a really yeah. so it's yeah. it's not like super fun to continue learning when you're not very good at it because you just get wrecked right? yeah no matter what
2: <laughs> it, yeah <laughs> it gets frustrating like- very quickly Yeah, yeah. I think any, yeah, any two-player game, it's just back and forth, and you're just get if you're bad at it, and you're a younger sibling, let's just say mm -hmm. you're just sitting there getting more and more frustrated. Yeah, (laughs) you can't. I feel like
1: at that point you might as you're like, no, I just play go fish or like war, something where I have a random chance of winning at least. Yeah, like somebody's skill level is that much above yours.
0: Like, even, even in, like, Risk or something, it's like, well, I lost, but I was, like, briefly a king. Like, that was pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I had, like, a lot of land. That was fun. At right. least
1: those pieces are fun, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Like, there's guys and little cannons. Yeah. There's a yeah,
2: Checkers. Yeah. yeah. There's a yeah. story. Like, some sort of, like, arc I can tell myself. <laughs>
0: yeah. And also, and with the, the checkers possibilities, I still don't totally understand how this number is so big exactly, but...
2: Yeah. The two mm-hmm. things
0: I think are contributing are one is that once a piece becomes a king and it can go backwards, I feel like that really opens up the right. possible eventual combinations. Yes. Yeah. I
2: forgot about that.
0: Yeah, but and and even then, like the other thing, if people heard the the random numbers episode of the show, there uh, Jason found an unfathomably large number for the possible arrangements of a deck of cards, and then mm-hmm. in this in this article, the computer scientist Jonathan Schaefer says, "quote." The possible number of chess games is so huge that no one will invest the effort to calculate the exact number. Yeah. And this guy calculated all of the checkers games and he said chess is unfathomable. Okay. Like I think I think the random yeah. potentials of these games are just like <laughs> yeah. extreme no matter what they are. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. I like that even a mathematician was like, "Nah, too
1: big." Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you got to figure it's like from number, there's from two pieces to, what, 24 in checkers? Yeah. And then in chess, it's from, you can have from two pieces to, I guess that's like 32 pieces. Mm-hmm. And then all of those pieces in chess move different ways. So you right. have to figure that, yeah, that's, I understand why yeah. it's an insanely big number. And like you said, yeah, it's not worth it. What, what are we?
0: Right. <laughs> hey, yeah, Sorry, feels... chess. <laughs> checkers if
1: you pieces want...
2: move one way so yeah. like that i feel like that the math the equation is a lot easier when yes. you have to start breaking down chess you start realizing what you have to do and you're like no it's not act no one actually wants to know this
0: yeah <laughs> so sorry it's just a
2: fact someone is going to say at a party and maybe it gets repeated but uh yeah. <laughs> i'll go back to quantifying how big planets are or something <laughs>
1: Yeah. If you wanted to know how many pe- how many ways there were, then you should have been less complicated, Chess. That's all we're saying.
0: Yeah. I love that idea of a of a scientist just stopping and being like, What am I doing? Like, it's really fun to me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. This
2: is pointless. Yeah. <laughs> the board game scientist.
1: Yeah. <laughs> he just sees a rocket go off in the distance, like, ah. <sighs> Yeah, no, I'm not doing this. No, nope, not today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, a couple more numbers here. Uh, One of them is 3,600 years. 3,600 years. Mm. That is at least how long people have been playing checkers-type games, uh, according to like the archaeological record. Uh, Smithsonian says there's evidence of it back in 1,600 BC. There have also been ex- excavations at the city of Thebes in Egypt, they found a wall painting showing the Pharaoh Ramses III playing an early form of checkers with a lady. So that's pretty cool.
1: Yeah. Ah. Yeah, that's pretty rad. Right. That's really
2: yeah. cool. The yeah. longevity of checkers. That's impressive. But that mm-hmm. makes sense, it, because it's such a simple game. Yeah. <laughs> that it feels like, yeah, we, oh, we're we bored. There's not much. <laughs> I don't have anything else to look at right now. <laughs> uh oh, let's play some checkers because that was very much like my my image of checkers it's like it's raining outside and uh <laughs> we're not going to yeah. get into a whole game of monopoly because that's going to end in something breaking yeah let's play checkers
1: <laughs> yeah and yeah. you know they
2: probably had uh, rainy days and thieves where uh, very
1: rarely but yeah for yeah. sure <laughs>
2: On occasion there was a rainy day in Thebes and uh they needed something to do and this seems like a yeah it seems like a a kind of intuitive game to make up.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Cuz they're also definitely playing something like our checkers like the right. rules vary a little bit across antiquity and cultures and stuff but it's mm-hmm. it's some kind of thingies jumping thingies on a board game. Yeah. And right. that's that's been a thing. I guess as long as we've been able to like stack up some pebbles and and do it. Yeah.
1: yeah. And like you said, the pharaoh didn't want to be busting out the monopoly. People getting angry, smashing pottery. <laughs> That's not something you want to get into.
2: And also, he's a pharaoh. Of course he's going to win.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: he,
2: he plays that game, Real Life Stakes. And, uh, <laughs> he's winning.
0: He opens the monopoly board, like, and you all start in jail, and you stay there, and then uh, <laughs> <and> I <laughs> go around the board. Uh, yeah,
2: and you build these hotels for me. <laughs>
1: uh uh-huh. <laughs> no 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 you don't get extra money for the hotels I get extra money for all the hotels (laughs)
2: Uh, but yeah
0: I just imagined like you put four little sphinxes and then it's a pyramid I don't know I'm just thinking of like (laughs) Egypt monopoly bits now that's stupid Uh, Uh,
2: that would have made it more fun yeah (laughs) <laughs>
0: that
1: been cute. Yeah, I'm sure Hasbro probably has that version of Monopoly somewhere. Oh
0: yeah, uh, we'll Monopoly we'll, checkers, like link it and get an Amazon credit or something. Yeah, of course, like that definitely <laughs> exists. Uh... <laughs> one more number here, and that takes us into takeaway number one. There's two takeaways on this episode, but the last number is 30 pieces and 144 squares. 30 pieces and 144 squares is the number of pieces and board squares in Canadian checkers. And that takes us into takeaway number one. The rest of the world has its own amazing versions of the game checkers. Yeah. There's, there's a whole bunch of them. We won't cover all of them, but we'll get uh, like sure. three main ones. Mm-hmm. There's some other ones that are really cool, really neat.
2: I, I feel like as we find out what these are, we're gonna realize America's is the dumbest. It's it's just a, like low. It's the most stripped down. Like yeah, just move the pieces. If you make it to the end, I don't know. Go backwards.
1: <laughs> you know what? I see this Canadian checkers board, and that's too many pieces. Uh, you know what? That's too much. I'm yeah. good with American checkers. Right. Yeah. good for me.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, people can look at the picture. It's basically an American checkerboard. It's just bigger. It's 12 by 12 instead of 8 by 8. There are a lot more pieces. There's a great GitHub page with a bunch of drafts info, they call it, and they say that it was invented by French settlers in Quebec, and apparently yeah. it's still most popular in Quebec and among, like, Francophone communities. Um, uh, it's just this huge checkers game, and, yeah. and I, I guess maybe it's the most exciting to me because it's bigger than what I'm used to, but it's yeah. uh, it's just, like, that much more complicated. Yeah, yeah it's just super checkers. Yeah, because yeah, also you're...
2: You're not left with a lot of places to move.
0: Yeah, (laughs) You're closed in
2: almost immediately.
0: Yeah. (laughs) The other thing is there are a couple extra rules. So, um, and this is also a variation on a game called International Checkers, which is the same, but 10 by 10 board a little bit smaller uh, and in between the two we're talking about. But either way, uh, these are the extra rules. One is that a regular piece can capture backwards. So, oh. it can't move backwards, but no. it can capture backwards if that's an option, yeah, whole new wrinkle right that's mm-hmm. cool
2: that's cool yeah. that is a cool rule
0: and then and then the other thing, the kings are what is called flying kings, and okay. a flying king can move as many squares as they want to diagonally to make a capture, and they can also stop on any empty square they want to, so they can stop like past the thing they captured, oh okay,
2: yeah. I don't know yeah. how I feel about that rule. That feels like <laughs> cheating.
0: Yeah, that's,
1: that's too much power for the king. That's, that's a lot.
2: That's a lot you're able yeah. to do.
1: Right. That's even more than in chess. Like, that's, no, sorry, too much. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it, it's way better than a chess king. Yeah. A chess yes. king is like one space. Yeah.
2: Right, can barely do anything.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> how is this the most important one? Get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> one space at a time
2: I also I mean I, I don't know if you were planning on getting into this but in this picture there's it looks like there are stickers for like the blue pieces to be Florida Lee's and then uh, like the maple leaf for Canada I like they're setting up like a war here <laughs>
0: I felt the same way about that picture, yeah. It really seemed like a French versus English inter-Canada feud kind of thing right. that
2: uh... Yeah, it feels like they're making it combative. Mm. They they're adding the story element that I wanted.
1: Right. <laughs> now we got a game. Now it's Now we got a game. <laughs> Like, like,
0: I sit down to play Canadian checkers with Bridget, and you like put on military music when we sit, I'm Like, okay, what's going on? What's happening here? Yeah. All right.
2: No, I, yeah, I, I need it to be couched in historical uh, struggle before I play my board games.
0: Uh-huh. <laughs> Did I mention the rule of everyone has to wear big hats like Napoleon? That's one of the rules. It's just in the game. Uh, it's part of the game. Moving to, uh, I guess Napoleon's opponent. Uh, there's another thing here called Russian Drafts,
1: uh, oh. which is the Ooh. Russian
0: version of Checkers. And there's mm-hmm. a few differences here. The uh, It's like basic Russian Drafts is pretty similar, except that if you like jump your piece to become a king, it can continue capturing backwards if that's available. Okay. So like mm-hmm. as soon as you get kinged, you can start killing on that same move. Oh. Which is pretty cool. That's brutal. Yeah. Yeah. And then also those are flying kings in that game as well. I think a lot of countries are in yeah. this flying king thing.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> That's a lot. That's uh that seems unfair. Like you just have this wrecking ball going through yeah.
0: Yeah. the board.
2: <laughs> <laughs> this all powerful wrecking ball I can just do whatever he wants. I don't <laughs> These I are- like narrowing the board so you have fewer places to go, and like more jumps are being like you have to clear space on the board to play efficiently, yeah you have to make yeah some strategic sacrifices, but this flying king seems to just like take away all strategy yeah. when you have a, a, a one piece that can move anywhere it wants yeah. Yeah.
1: It- these were rules that were definitely invented during a harsh winter <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we gotta spice this game up, <laughs> flying kings,
2: yeah, this is a. This goes back to my younger sibling. This is a younger sibling rule, a rule that was made for yeah, someone who kept losing. And they're like, yeah. fine, you get this one piece, a special piece, and it can go anywhere you want.
1: That is exactly what I would have said to my younger brother. So, yeah, you're right.
2: Yeah, it's, it, it was definitely someone was losing a lot. And they had to somehow even the playing field with this almighty piece. <laughs>
0: I'm remembering that when I was a kid and we played Monopoly, we were allowed to go ahead and build houses and hotels without owning the whole color group. And then later um, I sat down oh. to play Monopoly with other people as as like I think late teens or something. And I like bought one property and was like, "Am three houses, please. And they were like, what are you doing? That's not (laughs) how it works.
2: There are so many rules like that where Uh, you just like child's board games, you're just like you just made it up because your parents were like, it's going to be too hard if you someone's going to cry. So we just got to like let this.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Sometime before the pandemic last time i saw my family we we played monopoly we're like let's read the rules and see if we can now that we're all like grown adults and we're reading these rules and we're like no that's stupid we're not gonna do that (laughs) no we're gonna play the same way we always play
0: yeah of course yeah and it is like i i feel like there's this ancient thing everyone invented in parallel of just pieces jumping pieces on a board and then every group came up with house rules it's awesome like yeah, i love right. that like <laughs>
2: yeah i do yeah it's so cool well because that's the that's the main event of checkers that's the fun part yeah Is jumping double jumps those are there's that's a very satisfying movement so i think everyone's like we want to do this
0: yeah but more <laughs> <laughs> but more <laughs> when um there's also there's a couple interesting variations of the russian drafts Mm-hmm. And one of yeah. them is called Podavki. And Podavki is the Russian word for giveaway. And so it's the same game, but you are trying to run out of pieces first. Oh. Like, you win the game by running out of possible moves, which can mean all your stuff's blocked, but usually means you're out of pieces. Yeah. So it's it's an uh, interesting way to think about it. Yeah. That
2: is really interesting.
1: Yeah, it's a very scorched earth checkers. <laughs> <This> is- <laughs> fleeing from the Napoleonic army in winter right. kind of a thing I get it yeah makes sense
2: that's yeah I guess that's because it's I mean that's almost like checkmating in chess where you're just yeah. stuck but you're trying to checkmate get yourself into a checkmate <laughs> right.
1: you can't beat me I've checkmated myself right.
2: yeah I'm in my room and no, I that's, the- how,
1: that's how you win yeah <laughs>
2: I locked the door, and I'm not coming out, so.
1: <laughs> that was also a very younger sibling thing to do. Like, I kept losing, so now, no, you didn't beat me. I beat myself. Yeah. <laughs> so I won the game.
2: Yeah. So you, yeah, you just try to block yourself in? Do you try to block yourself in so that the player can't take away your king? Or do you try to lock yourself in? So, I mean, I guess I would never have to take your king.
0: Yeah, the best I, the best I can figure out is like, because in researching this, I also realized I only learned how the pieces of checkers move and never tried to think about the strategy ever. But yeah. I, a yeah. lot of the strategy in checkers is like trying to trap your opponent, like have their right. guys go too far forward and then you take them all, you know? Mm-hmm. And so in Podavki, you're trying to lose your pieces. You're basically trying to push all your guys forward, I think in a way where you lose them all really fast. But they're trying to do that, too, and so it's hard. Yeah. Uh, Okay.
2: That's interesting.
0: So it
1: was the wrong reference. It's actually the Stalingrad version of Checkers, not the Napoleonic (laughs) Army version of Checkers. That's one for the history nerds. Gotcha.
0: (laughs) 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 I love that they're like, you know, we had a pretty hard time in history, but it led to this other version of Checkers. So pretty good. So it's Pretty all good to be Russian. <laughs> Works out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the, uh, the other variation here is kind of mind-bending. It's called Bashni. And so Bashni is a lot like US checkers. It's the little variants of Russian checkers. And then what happens is when you capture a piece, you stack the piece under your piece instead of taking it off the board. And then okay. that, like... And then pieces keep stacking under pieces in a way where they build into, like, towers on the board.
1: No, oh. That seems unwieldy. So do you just win by having, like, the most towers or the tallest towers? Like, how do you win that game?
0: And so then the other thing is, like, when you start getting towers on the board, when a tower gets captured, it only loses its top piece. Oh. And you also organize the pieces so... Basically it's a thing where like if you have a tower going you probably have a bunch of the other sides pieces under it mm-hmm. but if mm-hmm. they take your guys off the top then once they're the top piece it flips and it's their piece. Does that make sense? Oh. I feel like that's kind oh. of confusing. But It kind of makes sense. Yeah.
2: Yeah, it does. So stacking doesn't give you any extra offensive stra- right. like offensive powers, right. but it it helps you defensively.
0: Yeah, exactly. You're like removing them, but they're still under you. And then you win by having like all yeah. the top right. pieces, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there are also normal kings, mm-hmm. so it's like okay. it's kind of like checkers, but it but nothing is removed, and the game can flip over pretty fast yeah. if they like take back your tower, you know?
2: Right, it's unwieldy checkers because I imagine okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> moving those pieces is a nightmare. I have very shaky hands, yeah. and oh. I don't think I could I could play that. <laughs> <laughs> It would yeah. it'd be a mess. Everything yeah. would be knocked over. This game is not for people who have tremors. Yeah, other ninety-year-old women like myself.
0: <laughs> I I never thought of it as like secretly Jenga. Yeah. yeah, like like if you blow it up and no one wants to keep playing, then you've lost. Yeah, yeah. I
2: I would be just dropping pieces left and right, and it would yeah. just not be. I have to remember how tall the tower. It just doesn't seem. <laughs> It's too hard. Physically too challenging. Yeah. yeah. The not physically feasible. too taxing checkers for me.
1: <laughs> yeah, this is checkers. It's not supposed to be like a dexterity check. Like, yeah. I don't know what's going on here.
0: Linda, well, uh, and then one more amazing version of checkers here. This is called Damath, mm. And Damath is a game in the Philippines. Uh, I sent you guys just the board and then also the board with the pieces on it because... It's basically exactly the rules of American checkers, but it is also an educational tool for teaching math to kids. That's because adorable. They came up mm-hmm. with it. I know. It's it's I I wish yeah. I had played it as a kid. Now I now yeah. I
2: I know. I would have yeah. uh, to be honest, I math was uh not a strong suit of mine and I think I would have like when I first saw this I I had the reaction of like, "Oh no, no." this isn't gonna be for me
1: as soon as you see that division sign it's like oh no i I saw negative numbers yeah i saw negative
2: numbers and division and i was like oh boy i'm glad i didn't have this because this would have been a real problem for me what if the
0: rest of the podcast i just make you guys do a quiz or some terrible like school thing
1: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like trying to remember the quadratic formula That's A squared yeah. B plus minus I don't know
2: <laughs> I, yeah I immediately got nervous when I saw this because I'm both very competitive and very bad at math so it was like <laughs> <laughs> sent me into a spiral yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and this game it seems like it's really only played in the Philippines all the sources okay. are going to be the Philippine Star and other Philippine media But in 1975, a student named Emilio Hina Jr. submitted a class project called Dama de Numero, because uh, Dama is what the standard Philippine checkers variant was called in Numero's math. Mm -hmm. And he and his teacher, Jesus Huenda, built it into a playable game, and now it's popular nationwide in the Philippines. Mr. Huenda won the 1981 Philippine Presidential Medal of Merit. Uh, oh, wow. Like it's a it's a huge thing in teaching math in the Philippines. It's just checkers with like numbers and uh, basic math signs attached to it. Oh, that's cool.
2: That's awesome. That's super creative. Yeah. Uh, I <laughs> when you said it was called DeMath, math, I was like, I I kind of hoped it was a America thing where we just. Named it the math, Yeah. where it's like a very clever good game. And what what do we call it? And then all the cleverness yeah. went out the window. I don't know the math.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the bears, Da yeah. math. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Somebody from Chicago was changing checkers. <laughs> right. Da math.
2: I came up with the whole board game. You want me to come up with a clever name too? Yeah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs>
1: I already did all this math. It's called Da Math. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right. In Chicago, where I'm from, we play deep dish checkers, or as we call it, Da Math. And <laughs> it's a game yeah. that <laughs> looks like a soup, yeah. but it is actually and checkers. Really fat checkers.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh... We'll, uh, we'll have links for people on how to play if they want to. Basically, the... Pieces have numbers on them, zero through eleven, and then the squares have plus, minus, multiplication, division, and so the number on your piece lands on a sign when it jumps something, and so then you do the number on your piece, sign, number on their piece, and then you get a number, and so you really win by getting the mo okay. the highest numbers out of these moves oh. rather than like killing all the pieces.
2: Oh, so okay. Yeah. Yeah. So be- yeah, it becomes a scoring game.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can oh, yeah. you can easily win and lose all your pieces really fast if you just, like, do it right, you know? Like, do the right exchanges. Yeah.
2: that is, uh, I I really like the mechanics of this game because also if you jump a piece and then it's a minus sign, <laughs> you kind of just, yeah, that's, you know. Yeah.
0: You, you like, lost yourself points. Right. <laughs> or division could so be pretty really brutal, know. you know? Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, that's true. Off of that, we are going to a short break, followed by a whole new takeaway.
2: Back for another game. You know it. What's going on?
0: Just one more week till Max Fun Drive.
2: (laughs) Hard to believe. It's been a heck of a year since the last one.
0: We're all set for Max Fun Drive to start on Monday, March 18th. I just didn't want you to see this coming. Check.
1: What? Hang on.
0: It's hard to explain what happens on Jordan Jesse Go. So I had my kids do it. Saying swear words. Saying swear words. Yeah. Um. Bad jokes. Bad jokes. Bad jokes. Maybe it's like you tell people that you're gonna interview them, and then you just stay there, like, like really quiet. And try and creep them out. <laughs> it's just really boring. Because of Jordan, right? Not me. Because of both of you. Oh. Subscribe to Jordan Jesse Go, a comedy show for grown-ups. But and uh, and we have one more takeaway to go. It's a, a, a big story, I think. Here we go. Takeaway number two. Checkers is a solved game, and the way it got solved should be a movie obviously that's partly my opinion okay but uh have you guys ever heard of a solved game do you know <laughs> do you know like in general what that is
1: no i would guess that it means that there is like a specific strategy that you can enact that's going to get you the victory no matter what yeah kind of like okay. with tic-tac-toe where but, there's a specific strategy that... right there's
2: an
0: algorithm right. more or less is that exactly Okay. Yeah, that's exactly right. And, and Tic-Tac-Toe is the perfect example of like one that... And we'll, we'll have a link to an XKCD cartoon that lays it out in a fun way, but like, there's just a game tree you can follow in Tic-Tac-Toe, mm-hmm. and you'll play as best as you possibly can if you do that set of instructions. Yeah. And uh, in 2007, a team of computer scientists at the University of Alberta published a scientific paper in the journal Science. It was titled Checkers is Solved. That's the whole title. Because uh, they solved checkers, they just figured it out with computers. Oh, wow. They figured out an exactly optimal strategy where it will be a draw every time if both players do it.
1: Again, these are mathematicians, not writers. That's why it's checkers is solved was the title. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <Right>. <laughs> yeah, I mean the the math behind that had to be pretty complicated. Because as like one of the numbers before was whatever mm-hmm. crazy amount of possibilities, five to the twentieth power. Yeah, yeah. move is available. So yeah, that to solve that, smart people. <laughs> smart computers.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the kind of thing where I guess they like like there are all those options and then also if both people do the best thing they can, they both have all the information. They both are right. within a pretty limited set of rules and just you can like defensively right. work it out pretty simply where the options are so limited that it's a draw every time. There's also a thing that was, like, a long time coming at even pre-computers. We'll link people to a Radiolab episode from back in 2011 that is mostly about chess being amazing. The whole show is about, like, oh, chess is full of possibilities. <laughs> <Okay>. uh, like, <laughs> like Queen's Gambit fans, you're going to love it. But yeah. there's one yeah. story they start with as a contrast which is the 1863 World Championship of Checkers. So like during the U.S. Civil War, 1863, there are two players named Robert Martins and James Wiley playing for the championship. They play 40 games of Checkers. All 40 are a draw, and all 40 start with the same set of moves. And it's a crisis in the Checkers community because (laughs) that's kind of it, I guess, right? Like we did the game, I guess. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs)
2: We set up a championship tournament for checkers. Uh, Was that the first and last championship of checkers?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and so there's, like, I don't know much about competitive chess and that I knew nothing about checkers before this, but it turns out that after that, or, you know, they probably tried a few more years of the same way, but after that, they decided that in order to continue having competitive checkers at all... They needed to build in randomness. And again, people have heard Random Numbers episode. You know, there's randomness kind of made up. But, But the big source for this whole takeaway is a story in The Atlantic. It's called How Checkers Was Solved by Alexis C. Madrigal. But here's his description of tournament checkers now. Quote, at the highest levels, checkers is a game of mental attrition. Most games are draws. In serious matches players don't begin with the standard initial starting position instead a three move opening is drawn from a stack of approved beginnings oh. which gives some tiny advantage to one player or the other and then they play that out and then switch colors. Oh. So they have to like be they don't start from a normal board they start from somebody moved a few pieces for both of us and now we play.
1: Yeah. When you said it's a game of mental attrition I just imagine two people there like smoking coffee, like, (laughs) harried after, like, 48 hours straight of playing checkers against each other. Yeah. Like, thinking about every move. (laughs) (laughs) Who's going to break first?
0: Yeah, kind of. Yeah.
1: So they added, like, a deck of cards to checkers to make it more random?
0: Yeah, they found out that if it starts from just the start, and I guess there's something called play-as-you-go checkers, which is competitive checkers where you do just start from the start. But they figured out that in most cases, mm. if you just start with a normal board, it's a draw, uh, and even even yeah. with the randomness they're putting in, it's still usually a draw. But that's like what it takes to make the sport like <laughs> playable at all. Yeah, right.
2: <laughs> is competitive checkers still a thing? It can't be.
0: That's a perfect question because then uh, we get into the story here—the story of checkers getting solved—that I think should be a movie. Is that yeah. in the nineteen nineties? The uh, team, which is really mainly one person that ends up solving checkers, starts collaborating with probably the greatest checkers player who's ever lived, who just <laughs> utterly dominated competitive checkers for a couple decades. Amazing! Uh, and they worked okay. together to solve it, like uh, more or less working together. They they did it uh, jointly.
2: They moneyballed checkers. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah,
1: See, and and that's the pitch, Bridget. Better you got it. it got one.
0: <laughs> they recruited several men with big bats, and then you win the game because the other team is pretty afraid. Yeah, yeah.
1: like you said, it's a game of mental mental intimidation. In this case, <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah,
1: it's like Han Solo playing or C three P O playing against Chewbacca. Like that's that's the strategy. That's how you win checkers every time.
2: I do feel like that's really funny. There was like a whole league of competitive checkers and they're like, well, it turns out we just figured out the whole game. So uh, (laughs) we're going to quit now. Like, I like that idea in professional sports. Like, oh, we just figured out how to win basketball every single time. So uh, no more need for the NBA.
1: Let's pack it up. I mean, they're trying to do that. That's what analytics is in the NBA. (laughs) They're trying to do
2: that, yeah right exactly if you just have a lebron james you'll get to the finals every time yeah he's like he's the flying king of uh the NBA.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know what that's just as good a nickname as he's ever had that flying yeah, exactly. king yes
0: absolutely that's actually kind of perfect yeah um, <laughs> how do we trademark this rapidly uh and extort him yeah <laughs> we should do that uh <laughs>
2: He'll 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 play the checkers uh, the champion checker person in a uh, our our yes. movie. <laughs> yeah, we. Uh, That's what Space Jam Two is.
0: <laughs> well, I uh I actually I sent you guys a picture of the checkers champion if you want to see him. His name is Marion mm. Tinsley. Uh, so I'm really enjoying LeBron playing a man named Marion Tinsley just on its own. Very I do fun. Like that too.
1: <laughs> That's great.
0: Like for context here. In 1996, we'll start having the matches for, of chess between Garry Kasparov and the computer Deep Blue. Uh, a few years ago, they built a computer to play the game Go that, that faced off against champions. But yeah. before that, uh, we had uh, this man, Marion Tinsley, who basically ran out of humans to play checkers against. Oh, he man. was just too good. <laughs> At the game, uh, he was born in 1927, and then from 1950 to 1990, this is how Alexis C. Madrigal describes him, quote, from 1950 to 1990, Tinsley was the world champion of checkers whenever he wanted to be, end quote. <laughs> he became the world champ, won all of the time, took a 15-year break to focus on teaching math and on preaching, and then like, came back later because he wanted to try again. Like he, j- like no one beat this guy for a whole chunk of the twentieth century. Wow! Uh, at checkers, yeah.
1: You sold me, Alex. That's this is a movie I want to see now.
2: Yeah, that's because <laughs> I mean, you talked about strategy and checkers, and it feels like it can't be that complicated. Yeah. Whatever strategy there is, but clearly it is. If there's a master yeah. checker player, there's a yeah. grandmaster <laughs> of checkers. <laughs> there's clearly a lot more to it than I can fathom.
0: Yeah. 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 Especially because, like, these tournaments, it'll be, like, game after game after game, especially because so many of them are draws. And apparently in his entire life, Marion Tinsley lost five games to a human in public. Jeez. Ever.
2: That's incredible. And
0: no one twice and and just never had, like, a true opponent in his entire run of doing it.
1: So he's literally like a computer, like one person used a strategy he hadn't seen before and beat him, and then he never lost to that person again. Like, yeah, yeah.
2: this guy should try to learn how to play chess. <laughs> 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 I just wonder why you stopped at checkers, because I feel like the strategy can't go that far.
0: <laughs> uh. <laughs> Like he sees he sees people playing chess. He's like, "What are you doing?" Like he's he's like, (laughs) yeah, it just goes by like old men
2: in Central Park, and it's like, that's oh man.
0: (laughs) Uh. (laughs) And as far as being like a computer, even he's even sort of personally a computer. He uh, he was interviewed in 1993 by the Philadelphia Inquirer, and he described himself as an introvert who quote felt unloved. By his parents. Uh, And then he says he fought for their attention by doing math competitions and spelling bees. And then, quote, and as a twig is bent, it grows. As I grew up, I still kept feeling that way. End quote. And he proceeded to go to college at age 15, discover checkers in college and spend eight hour days every day for the rest of his life playing checkers he never married he said quote I haven't seen a checker marriage that worked out it is a very rare woman who can be married to a real student of checkers Uh, (laughs) and when they visited him at his house he had like nothing on the walls and just a room upstairs with all of his checkers stuff and then like one giant recliner that he would rest in and that was kind of it
2: bachelor pad like he just
0: (laughs) does checkers that's all he does wow
2: wow
0: yeah. yeah and he he was also a, a math teacher and a, a man of deep faith who was a minister in the disciples of christ protestant okay. church like he had other things yeah. he did I, I shouldn't reduce it but <laughs> but he yeah was was kind of a checkers computer a lot of the time yeah
2: that's interesting and like adds up to a lot of like the people who are great at things they're like yeah it's yeah
1: yeah this is my thing <laughs> that's all they thought about yeah. yeah i mean and like we said lebron with basketball that's i mean he has a, his whole life right. but like <laughs>
2: He has a family and a you know, production company,
1: but basketball is his thing. That's like the yeah. thing that he's yeah. found. Yeah.
2: And again, I'm I'm certainly no mathematician. I just can't wrap my head around checkers going that deep. Just the standard American checkers. You know, <laughs> that you can really be a student. I didn't know like I can't really figure out what there is to learn.
1: Yeah. Well, <laughs> right. Bridget, like, uh... maybe if you'd done more math in school, then you would be more fascinated by checkers. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I, I guess so there, there's something that's not connecting but i mean clearly i'm in the wrong so i'll, I'll concede
0: what it, math is a thing but also i part of why i was excited to have both of you for this is because you're both sports fans yeah <laughs> I, rem, I remember i was in high school and we had like an independent study project in a class where we just needed to do a biography of a person yeah. and i did babe ruth another kid in the class that I was like oh questions after the presentation and another kid in the class was like isn't he just a guy who hits a ball with a stick <laughs> like isn't that like I, and that's, that's me it. with checkers I'm like isn't that yeah. just yeah. you stack stuff move diagonal that's stack, it? stack like, that's not that's interesting fair. but it, it is
2: That that is a really good point yeah. uh,
1: <laughs> just gotta find your thing like that that's your thing yeah. and that's your thing yeah
2: yeah, I guess. Yeah, you can go as deep. Uh, any subject can be as deep as you want it to yeah. be, except that checkers itself. So
1: yeah, like at least he's doing checkers and isn't like doing something horrible with the economy with his math skills. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah, this or, is pretty yeah. benign. Like, hooray that
0: he did. He found yeah.
1: checkers and isn't like destroying the world economy. <laughs>
2: Yeah, sure. Yeah.
0: Right, like try to acquire kryptonite so Superman can be defeated at last. Yeah. Like, yeah, if he tried. Yeah, probably.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah, it seems like these powers, his checker's powers could be used elsewhere. I think that's what's baffling me, but uh, you know, if that's uh, the thing he was great at, it's the thing he was great yeah. at.
1: You can use powers yeah. for good, evil, or just for checkers, you know. Yeah.
2: Or the for middle. I think that's what's like baffling about the studio. It's like, you just stopped at Checkers, huh? Yeah, Checkers really feels like a stepping stone to other games and strategy kind of thinking.
0: And this also, this might be a good time. There's a few quotes from him about how he feels about it, about the game. Tinsley, quote, Checkers is a deep, simple, elegant game. He also once said that playing another human great was, quote, like two artists collaborating on a work of art. And then apparently his most quotable line among like the Checkers community is, quote, chess is like looking out over a vast open ocean. Checkers is like looking into a bottomless well. I don't understand that, but no. that's how he feels. So that's nice. Okay. No.
2: <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I'm glad to have some insight. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, he found what he loved. He was great at it. Uh, good for him.
0: Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, and then the the other, I really like this story because I feel like the stories of chess players against computers, go players against computers. It's like a it's like a battle to keep humanity right on top or something. It's like really dire,
2: and this is a story <laughs> yeah. of yeah. him
0: like meeting his buddy, a checkers computer. Because this is uh the other person in the story is named Jonathan Schaefer, who's the author of that paper in 2007, and like the guy I quoted for the the five right. times ten to the twentieth power and everything. And he was born in 1957 in Toronto as a computer scientist, loves games. And the first project he tried to do was to build a chess computer. And then other people were building the chess computer deep blue already. And so he felt like, oh, it's too late. Oh. Oh. And then according to Alexis C. Madrigal, quote, a colleague suggested that perhaps Schaefer should try checkers. And thrillingly, with just a few months of work... (laughs) <laughs> His software was good enough to bring to the Computer Olympiad in London and compete against other checkers-playing computers.
1: Huh. Started with chess, then he, oh, that was taken, so he scaled back a little bit, and now he's got, yeah, he's got something, yeah.
0: And so he builds a, he's a computer scientist at the University of Alberta, and builds a computer. Uh, at first, they called it the Beast, and then they eventually named it Chinook after the warm winds that sometimes blow through Alberta. Uh, of course, we're saying the wind is named after Pacific Northwest First Nations peoples, the Chinook. Yeah. But Schaefer uh, just spent as much time as possible refining this computer, and then also in competition, he heard about Marion Tinsley, because he was like really starting to learn about checkers as he built a checkers computer. Okay. And he became pretty obsessive. Schaefer in his book said, quote, "'Sometimes when I had difficulty getting to sleep, I would fantasize about the exhilaration that I would experience when Chinook finally defeated the terrible Tinsley. Whoa. Uh, And then he also says that his wife would interrupt his reveries asking, you're thinking about him again, aren't you? (laughs) Which is...
1: It's so dramatic. Oh, yeah.
2: (laughs) There is a story there of this guy versus Marion Tinsley. The big bad.
1: (laughs) Just him staring out the window.
0: Yeah. And then, we, and then we have a couple, there's, there's basically three big uh, competitions they're in. And the first one is that in late 1990, the American Checker Federation allowed Chinook to play in the U.S. championships against humans, and quote, the software went undefeated and played Tinsley to a draw six times. Wow. That earned the software the right to challenge Tinsley for the world championship. All right. Like, I think of this, like, computer versus player thing as such a, like, aggressive battle. But the next thing that happens is Tinsley reaches out to Schaefer and says, like, can I come to Canada and hang out with your computer and, like, play checkers? <laughs> that would, be great. Like, I would I would really enjoy that. Like, let's just do it for fun. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's. Like, he finally had somebody to play. That's yeah.
2: Great. Yeah. I, yeah. I like that it has a happy ending. Yeah. That's he good. made a friend.
1: Yeah. yeah. the computer was his friend not the guy that made the computer but you know not
2: the guy but yeah he finally had someone to play his games with
1: that feels like me asking to go over to to a friend's house who had like an N64 before I did it's like yeah (laughs) we're gonna go play Mario right it's a one player game but that's fine yeah Yeah. (laughs) I'm coming to see
0: you not Mario (laughs) (laughs) And then this article, it describes Tinsley, who is American uh, and lives in Florida, but he goes up to Edmonton in 1991, and I guess at the time, Chinook was programmed where it could see 16 or 17 moves ahead, and like a human or a computer playing checkers or chess, it's all about how far ahead you can think, basically, and how far ahead you can figure out stuff. As uh, Tinsley was playing against Chinook, apparently... Chinook makes a move and Tinsley immediately says out loud, you're going to regret that. (laughs) The game continues. Tinsley wins. And then Schaefer runs the numbers and finds out that not only was Tinsley going to win no matter what after that move, but for Tinsley to know that he needed to see 64 moves ahead. Oh
2: my (laughs) God. That's insane.
1: 64
0: moves ahead. Yeah. Uh,
1: (laughs) Yeah that's that is crazy that's like that is like to go to basketball that's like somebody getting the tip off like Steph Curry catches it and then LeBron James just sees like oh, okay I'm gonna make a three pointer at the end of the second quarter now like that's insane yeah. <laughs> right.
2: I'm still like trying to wrap my head around how checkers can go so deep like this the well the endless well that he's saying
1: yeah 64 moves right. ahead yeah that's crazy
0: it's somehow people can just i mean i i'm sure if i actually played someone good at it i would lose every game and start to see how that oh, works yeah. but i i think i've yeah. only ever played with people who also only learned how the pieces work and we were just right. fooling yeah. around like we never tried <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah it's not a big enough yeah. community that uh that information has like yeah. slipped in but uh, clearly i'm wrong so <laughs> <Right>. <laughs>
0: Yeah, so um, Chinook ends up getting two shots at Tinsley for the world championship, like a boxer or something. And the first shot is in 1992. It's the first ever Man Machine World Championship of checkers. Tinsley apparently did a lot of press. And in one interview, he said, quote, I can win. I have a better programmer than Chinook. His was Jonathan. Mine is the Lord, which is awesome. (laughs) That's some good stuff to say I love it that's
1: some good trash talk like I imagine that somebody could say that in the UFC or in WWE before a match they would get cheered for that that's pretty good
0: yeah it rules
2: yeah Yeah. (laughs) and then yeah there's nothing you can say back to that you're just like "Uh uh-huh and yeah I sure I respect that (laughs)
1: Uh. but that's the thing Chinook didn't care. Chinook yeah. is emotionless. It's a robot. The, your trash talk means right. nothing, Tinsley.
2: Right, and like he—he he seems like for all like just a nice church
0: yeah. man. So you're just like, uh huh, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Like he means that. He's not like right. just invoking God for no right. reason. Like he's Very devout. Yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, he's just like a, a very nice church-going man, and you're just like, yeah, sure, buddy, yeah, and I bet you can't beat him. <laughs>
0: Linda. And so then they start playing and it's still this thing where most of the games are draws and you're just waiting for a game with a mistake where somebody breaks through. Tinsley gets a win in game five and then Chinook gets a win in game eight. And everyone's shocked because this is the sixth time Tinsley has lost a game in 40 years. It's wild. And then game 16 Chinook wins and becomes oh. the first thing to beat Tinsley twice in the entire world. Alexis Madrigal writing about it, quote, then in an episode that Schaefer still finds too painful to describe, Chinook had some sort of error which forced them to resign the game, tying the match up. Schaefer said, Tinsley viewed it as God helping him out. It was a religious experience for Tinsley and one of the most devastating experiences of my entire life. <laughs> Oh, my gosh.
2: Wow. I'm comparing this to so many movies. Like, there, there's this, like, rocky chess, and at the same time, there's, like, yeah. a uh, yeah. fighting Bobby Fisher.
0: Yeah, boxing and chess, basically. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. This is it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, then, uh, and so then it's tied at two wins, and then Tinsley gets a third win and wins the championship, retains his belt, you know.
2: For humanity. For humanity. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> take yeah. that computers that's cool
2: i i do hope it's a belt i yeah. do hope it's like a world oh a, a, An a actual, wrestling belt that, yeah. he gets. Yeah.
1: that would be great yeah
2: we need i i think that's what checkers is mincing is like a vince mcmahon to really promote <laughs> this thing
1: yeah <laughs> It's missing the theater yeah. of wrestling. <laughs> Get some fireworks in there. We'll be great. Yeah. Try
0: to squirt steroids the little pieces. Like, will go. <laughs> in. It's not going to work. Oh, uh, um, man. But then, after, after this 92 match, Tinsley is talking to CNN, because I guess CNN covered it. And he says, quote, I think if I can keep my health, I don't believe there will ever be a computer that can beat me. Wow. And then... Cut to the other matchup in 1994. Schaefer has been, like, still tinkering and rebuilding the computer the whole two years in the run-up to this. And then uh, Alexis Madrigal says that the night before the match, Tinsley dreamt that God spoke to him and said, I like Jonathan, too, which had led Tinsley to believe that he might have lost exclusive divine backing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And then they, they start playing the first six games or draws, and then Tinsley asks to leave because he has been having a terrible stomach ache, and it's like particularly acute, and and just not going to draw it out. They it turns out he has pancreatic cancer. Oh my god! And he dies seven months later. Oh, whoa! Uh, wow. And oh, also Chinook is technically the world champion because Tinsley technically resigns. But Schaefer is very frustrated by this because that's not like a real win. Yeah. Like. It was right. all draws, and then they stopped. Like that—that that was all that happened.
1: Yeah, you gotta to be the champ. You gotta beat the champ, and Chinook didn't do it.
0: Yeah.
2: Wow. What a. Yeah. What a note, like a a draw of an ending, yeah. truly. And I assume there's no one who's been, you know, as great as Tinsley. Yeah, Chinook has never had a another worthy opponent.
0: Yeah, and that's the the thing. Like Chinook basically hasn't been used to play anybody else, but Schaefer took that tack and. For one thing, like Schaefer drove Tinsley to the hospital in that situation when he when he had to leave and like they, they were very nice to each other the whole time. But yeah. Schaefer yeah. was very sad cuz he wanted to actually win, so he decided uh, this is magical describing it quote, with Tinsley gone, the only way to prove that Chinook could have beaten the man was to beat the game itself. And so from there, he spends 13 years mathematically solving checkers. Because if he solved the entire sport, then he would have beat Tinsley. Like, it's automatic. Right. Right. And that's why he did it.
2: Huh. Wow. Well? Huh. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That is a very, com- that's a very complete yeah. story. That's
1: pretty amazing. It's uh, a movie. I'm very
0: upset. For, I can't go watch it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I,
2: I, yeah, I think Checkers needs to rebrand as something uh, sexier.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I feel like. Chess always had like a mystique about like smart people playing mm. chess. Checkers doesn't have any of that uh You know there there's no pretense with checkers. I think there needs to be like an air the a mystery built around checkers before uh <laughs> you can se- sell a movie around it. We need to make checkers sexier.
0: Yeah. But
2: maybe this is how.
0: Inject the pieces with hotness. I don't know. I don't have a solution. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but now it's solved like
1: uh, we we did it it's checkers is it. over now sorry checkers <laughs> now now i'm just like imagining chinook playing against itself thinking of tinsley like thinking of the good old days <laughs>
2: longing like... yeah
1: just a computer and it's just a computer with like a red light beeping <laughs> <laughs>
2: at the end it's not even playing anymore it's just like with the pieces drawing out marion tinsley's face just
1: there you go perfect end of the movie yeah you got it bridget got it in one
0: that's the sweetest thing i've ever heard oh my god <laughs> that is the main episode for this week. My thanks to Bridget Greenberg and Christian Ramirez for being so fun about a deep dive into a deep and endless well that is, surprisingly, Checkers. Anyway, I said that's the main episode because there is more secretly incredibly fascinating stuff available to you right now. If you support this show on Patreon.com, Patrons get a bonus show every week where we explore one obviously incredibly fascinating story related to the main episode. This week's bonus topic is Checkers Nixon. There is way more to that dog than you might realize, especially the origin story. Visit sifpod.fun for that bonus show, for a library of more than two dozen other bonus shows, and to back this entire podcast operation. And thank you for exploring checkers with us here's one more run through the big takeaways takeaway number one the rest of the world has its own amazing versions of the game checkers and takeaway number two checkers is a solved game and the way it got solved should be a movie those are the takeaways also please follow my guests they're great Christian Ramirez is at fanboychristian on Twitter. That's Christian with no H. Bridget Greenberg is at Bridget Tweets. That's Bridget with two Ts. Both of those accounts are linked in the episode links. There's also a link to the Patreon for Small Beans. Small Beans is a large and wonderful podcasting operation. There's many wonderful people there, including Christian and Bridget. For links to all of that, visit sifpod.fun. Many research sources this week. Here are some key ones. A great article in Smithsonian, it's called There is a Certain Amount of Humor in Checkers. It's by Tim Hensley. Two great articles, one from cami.com.ph, another from the Philippine Star. Both of those will show you how to play de math. And then a real pillar of this episode is an epic piece from The Atlantic. It's called How Checkers Was Solved, and it's by Alexis C. Madrigal. Find those and many more sources in this episode's links at sifpod.fun. And beyond all that, our theme music is Unbroken, Unshaven by The Budos Band. Our show logo is by artist Burton Durand. Special thanks to Chris Souza for audio mastering on this episode. Extra, extra special thanks go to our patrons. I hope you love this week's bonus show. And thank you to all our listeners. I am thrilled to say we will be back next week with more Secretly Incredibly Fascinating. So how about that? Talk to you then.